This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. The 3-1. Swing and a drive. Left field and deep turning around Dominic Smith. And there is a career high. 17th homer for C.J. Crone. It's a three-run first-inning shot, and the Rays take a 3-0 lead. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. Right-hander pitches. Here's a towering drive. Way up into the air to right field. All the way back to the wall goes Judge. Gone! A three-run homer for Jake Bowers, and the Rays have jumped in front 4-1. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Good afternoon. Welcome to our latest show. Today you'll hear from Carlos Gomez on his leadership in the clubhouse. We'll visit with all four full-season minor league managers on this final weekend of the regular season, plus discuss the race successful opener strategy with Ron Darling of MLB Network and TBS. We continue on This Week in Race Baseball, and our featured guest this week is one Carlos Gomez. And, Carlos, I, I think that Kevin Cash has said it many times, especially the second half of the year, that you've been really one of the real good leaders in the clubhouse. What does that mean to you, and how important do you think it is to have veterans like you with this young club? I mean, first of all, it's, um, you know, made me feel really good, uh, you know, when the coaches and your manager say that kind of coming for yourself, you know, and that, that means that you really do your job as a veteran. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lucky to have a, a group of coaches and a group of teammates and the young guys that really want to learn, that really want to play the game right, that really want to enjoy and help each other and push the, the same rope together. So, you know, the more that the, the, the I can do, that we can do better is uh, how we come here every day and be ready to play, how we can prepare to win games. That's what they've been doing, uh, you know. And baseball, the baseball guys not expect that we've been playing like we're doing it. And we do it because we're together. And, uh, you know, and when, when I come when a uh, when good attitude here, even in the tough time, and they're going to appreciate it, you know. They, they're going to see when they have a tough time, say, oh, Carlos doing these, and he not doing really good, but he come with a good attitude every day and always be there for us. And when he got the opportunity to play, he played hard. So the only thing that we can control is play hard, and every manager, every coach are going to appreciate that. You also have a lot of fun. Um how much do you think you have rubbed off on other guys that guys have followed you and and that's part of the reason this team is having the success it's having i mean you know it's i, I have fun not not every time is a beautiful day but i make it to look like that because i have uh another 30 guys around me and i want to create that environment around me you know sometimes i have a like rough day but they see me smiling 
and that contagious the other player, you know. And uh, and this is gonna be really tough to me because I'm not doing a and they feel the what I supposed to, but that I can't control it. The only I can control is what I can bring every single day. It is the attitude, you know. Come here when the, and enjoy what I what they pay me to do the 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 job that I love. So why it's not reason to be upset. You've done a lot of fun things this year. I can think of the minion costume you wore a few days ago. I can think of several things that you've done. The other day you slid into second base, there's nobody covering it, and I could see the big smile on your face when you went in there. What's something that sticks out to you that you will remember is something you've done with this group? No, all this stuff come out. I see, you know, I look in the, in the clubhouse, when I see the clubhouse a little quiet, or the clubhouse not have the energy like a, that I want that day, so I just make something funny so they can wake up and uh, and feeling more comfortable. But you know, I did I, I do a lot of stuff that's funny for people. Sometimes not even uh, planning to do it, like you know, take the glasses of the guy, and uh, the other day fall in the line. That lady had the phone, and I grab her phone and start talk to the people on the phone, and. Uh, it's too many stuff, but it's how, you know, make a baseball fun. Who in your family has that fun attitude like you? Is there someone that you look at, whether it's a mom, a dad, an uncle, uh, that's that's like that you look at and it's a lot like you You see that in you? Not really. Not really. I mean, I'm the, I'm the different of my family. Like, I get in a lot of trouble because all the stuff that I do, it, like, uh, they tell me that I'm a clown a lot of times. In the school, I get in trouble because I always, you know, the the energy that I come every day. But you know, I grew up in um in my grandma's house. There's a lot of kids there, and I always the one to make everybody do something, even good or bad. <laughs> in baseball, was there someone that you saw as a great example when you were young that has helped you? I mean, like I I grew up watching. Uh, Carlos Beltran is a very simple to be a true professional in Jose Reyes, the energy. But, you know, my years in the minor league, I have a manager like Brett Bartlett, Mookie Wilson, Juan Samuel. If you meet Mookie Wilson, that guy is a comedian, man. That guy is a true comedian. I learned a lot of stuff on hand and, 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 uh, and Brett Bartlett. You know, the manager that I have in minor league, had the same kind of like style that I have because I learned it from him. And also I had the opportunity to work a lot with Ricky, Ricky Henderson in New York. But the most simple as a player, like I say, you know, the combination of Carlos Beltran and, um, and Jose Reyes. Do you, and I know you have several years you want to keep playing, but do you ever want to become a manager someday? <laughs> Could you manage yourself? <laughs> uh, I mean, I I don't think I I have the I know the game, but I don't think I'm I'm be ready for be honest to be a manager. I think like uh, in the future, uh, when I retire, I can do I can help better any organization that prepare player, not as a coach, but I mean like a, like a son a special assistant come as a mentor. As a young guy, how to, I know how to talk to players because I've been true to a lot of stuff. I've been true to a good time, to a tough time, to a rough time. So when all this 
when all that, I can uh, help to growing the the young guys. So you know, send me to the minor league when the big prospect of the organization is struggling and talk to him and make you feel comfortable again. That kind of stuff. I think I'm be good at it because I'm, I'm I think I'm good to motivate people. So if he, I gonna have a job in the future, is the job that I like to do motivation. You also have had the pleasure of having your son around you during the course of the season. How much have you enjoyed that and watching him grow while you watch this team grow? It's a bless, you know. Like now, Ricky had the opportunity to be around at the clubhouse, big league clubhouse, watching propel himself to the future. So you know, for me, seeing my my son be around to the Bigly player is a completely blessed. All right, couple fun questions. More fun, or what did you have more fun doing? Pretending you died when you got hit by the pitch, beating up the cooler, or the sunglasses when you pulled those away in Oakland? I think the the hit by pitch one. I think is this is a classic. <laughs> How long did you plan that? No, it's, I, I told the day before, like, hey, if I get hit again, I gonna feel like. Playing like a uh, dad, or I really hurt. To you guys come out to the dugout, so you know it's a good one. You talked about influence on young players. How much have you enjoyed also being around Willie and watching him grow this year and watching him continue to improve? Not not only Willie, you know, it's a lot of talent in this in this clubhouse. Like not only as a positional player, but as a pitcher, you know, sometimes you see something, you talk to them, and now. Perez is here. He wanna learn. He wanna, you know, he's a good player. Bauer, uh, Robinson, you know, those guys. Smith. So, you know, not a specific one guy. I just wanna to help the more I can, and they can see stuff that they can take it for me to put in their career. And I want those guys to play. Forever, you know, like uh, it's, 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 it's my dream. It's what I hope they do. You've had a lot of good teams you've played with. Has this been as much fun as any of those teams that you've been on? I know you haven't enjoyed, your, personally, you haven't had the success you want, but for this, see the team grow, has this been as much fun as some of the other years? I mean, every year, every year I, I find something to motivate me myself to enjoy more than I can. But definitely, you know, it's a team. To, I never be in the team to have a uh, too much young guy like this team, and they want to learn so much. They they watching, they respect you. So and this uh, this a bless, and uh, you know we are still the only sad about this is the season gonna be over, and I don't know if in the if in the future I'm gonna be part of this team again. Do you want to? I like to, you know, like uh, be around to this young. Talenting, I think like in a, in few years, two years, three years, this is gonna be one of the tough team to face us and uh, for pitching way and the lineup. You've had some good moments too. I, everyone talks about the the Ray Lewis the walk off moment. Can you put in perspective that whole that whole moment for you and what it meant because it was your first walk off ever? I mean, this what had to make it special, you know. I know planning all that, the do the the Roy Lewis and stuff. Just some, um, you know, I hit the ball. I had three strikeouts that day. I looked like really bad on the play, and I just calm down and I say, just drive the ball, hit the ball in the gap. I had a man on first, 
and I know if I hit the ball on the guy, he's going to score. So he throw me a picture piece that I handed, I square the ball, and I hit him out, so I just get pumped, and I'm going to score. And when I am get close to the play, that shine to my to my, to my my head, like, okay, and I start doing it. And uh, it's a moment, you know, it's a memorial, like, that I'm going to remember for, for a long time. Because for 20 years, never have a walk-off. It's awesome. Well, I think your teammates are going to remember it, too, for a long, long time. You've been good to them on the field, but I think also off. I see some of your Instagram videos, and I've seen you cooking. And to bring people into your home, how important is that to be a good teammate, not only here, but to invite teammates to your home and cook for them, too? Because I hear you're a good cook. I mean, that's why why I tell you, you know, keep everybody together as a team. Not only when we are here and the road, we find some, some date. Especially when we get the first day in the series, like we go dinner together, spend time together, talk about baseball, try to keep the, everybody together so make the team stronger. And when I'm here at home, I buy, we have a day I always say, I gonna, I like to have some barbecue at home. You you want to come, you want to come. So I tell pass the, the words and they say yes. So I go to the grocery store, get the meat, they chill on the pool, drink some glass of wine, and eat some nice steak, and talk about baseball, talk about life, you know, talk about future stuff that they want to do, that I want to do. So that creates that, that relationship, like, really deep. Because the more important as a player that you can do is uh, friendship. I think it's uh, the more beautiful thing, like, uh, when you will stop playing, and uh, you see one of U.S. teammates, like see you, hey Carlos, and give you a big hug, like they really miss you. That means a lot. Not like uh, no matter what, if you be one of the best players in baseball, and you see one of the U.S. teammates, and they run away for you. That means you be not not a good person, not a good teammate. So I'm I'm I make sure that after that I'm done in my career, hope like another nine more years, uh, all my teammates like you that that, that that I like that. You've certainly done all the right things as a teammate this year. We wish you a great September, and thanks for joining us in this week in Rays Baseball. All right, thank you, guys. That is Carlos Gomez. We continue after this on the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to this week in Rays Baseball. Neil Solon's with you. The Rays have had the highest one-loss percentage in the minors this year of any organization with six teams, five in the States, one in the Dominican, making the postseason. Let's start with the highest level of those six postseason clubs in Durham. And joining me right now is their manager, Jared Sandberg. Jared, congrats for making the postseason again. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. First, tell us uh, what this journey has been like for you guys, because with all the raise injuries and the turnover, obviously you probably have had more changes than ever. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, maybe not as much as uh, maybe years past, but uh, it seems like from what our roster was to start the season to what it is now, there's been a, a lot of turnover, but, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of depth within our organization, and uh, you tip your cap to player development and the coordinators and, and all the coaches that go into, you know, putting these rosters together and keeping it organized. And it's uh, It's been an amazing run to, to see our players get up, get up here to AAA and then also get to the big leagues. One of those today, Andrew Velasquez. What was that conversation like for you with him? Yeah, it was uh, it was middle of the night, but um, uh, he, he was definitely caught off guard, and 
I'm in shock and, and extremely excited. Uh, you know, we're happy for him, and uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity and a, and a good reward at the end of uh, the season for him. And I know he's had a, a pretty good year and has played a lot of different positions, which certainly helps his time of year. You know, at the trading deadline, the Rays made that big move with Chris Archer moved to Pittsburgh, and you've gotten to get to know Austin Meadows for about a month. What's impressed you about him? Obviously, his numbers have been terrific. Yeah, you're right. His numbers are terrific. And uh, I think uh, the most important thing is is the uh, the individual, the makeup of Austin Meadows is, is off the charts. He uh, comes ready to play every day. He's a uh, more mature than you know maybe his age and and a tremendous communicator. But uh, he's put on you know a, a show here in AAA. He's been very comfortable. I told him from day one that he was going to thrive in this environment. Uh, the Rays organization. It's a little less uh, structured than, say, the Pittsburgh Pirates organization and uh, more about some individuality, and, and he's definitely flourished with that. I mean, you just see the way he's, he floats around the outfield and the bat speed and the way he uh, commands the strike zone at, at the plate, but uh, the power is definitely starting to show a two-homer game and a three-homer game. It's very, very, very impressive. You know, you have had a, a lot of guys go to the big leagues. You've also had, you know, prospects like Austin Meadows join the organization. It was nice to see Joe McCarthy come back and rejoin the team. He'd been injured a while, and it really looks like he's put up terrific numbers the last week or so since rejoining you guys. Yeah, we were we were excited for him to get healthy again after the back injury and missing some time. But, um, you know, for him to get back to AAA and continue playing, he uh, has lost 20 pounds or so. Uh, he, he's moving very, very well. He's strong. He's healthy. Uh, and he's back to normal Joe McCarthy-type stuff in the batter's box where, you know, he um, definitely understands the strike zone, doesn't chase very often, and he's starting to hit for more power. Um, and it, it's impressive. He's playing some center field here. He's play all three outfield positions, uh, including first base. So he's got some versatility as well. But, uh, the bat is uh, something that's going to carry him and, and get him to the big leagues. Certainly you can say the same for a guy who you could argue has had maybe the best year in the race system. I know he got hit 100 RBIs yesterday. Uh, first guy to do so in the race minor league system since a good friend of yours in Stephen Vogt. Um, I know he's maybe slowed down a little bit in AAA, but what's impressed you about Nate Lowe? No, Nate's, uh, Nate's been very comfortable since getting to AAA and and um, he's had a, a fantastic season. Uh, we, you know, we made a big deal about him getting 100 RBIs yesterday. We, we got we cut the ball off the field, and um, a couple guys played a little joke on him, spelled his name wrong, and and uh, played a good joke on him. But it was, it's a huge honor for him to do that. Um, doesn't happen very often. It's usually every hitter's goal when they start the season to, to drive in 100 runs, and and uh, and he did that. So. Uh, we're excited for him. You know, you say he's slowed down a little bit, but you know he's he's putting together good at bats. He's hitting the ball hard. He's driving the ball. Uh, he's he's a tr- he's a good hitter, and um, he's he's definitely a fun one to watch. He's improved defensively around the bag at first base as well. So those will show you you know his work ethic and what he's all about. And for him to do that at the AAA level, first time here, is very impressive. You know, one guy who's been with you all season long who's put up really good numbers is uh, Kian Wong. Um, I'm sure, you know, he's hoping to get an opportunity to get to the big leagues for the first time. Um, but what kind of year has this been for him? I know he made the postseason all-star team for the league. He did make the postseason all-star team and, and as a utility player. So he's uh, increased his versatility this year. He's played some center field, some left field, and, you know, continues to move around second and third base. But, uh, his bat is the, the tool that's going to get him to the big leagues, and he's got to continue to hit. You know, he hit his way as a young player all the way to AAA. Last year, he was humbled a little bit, and I think he learned a lot from that. 
And then, uh, you know, his time's going to come get to the big leagues. And, you know, it's uh, the message we keep talking to him about, you know, that he's just got to keep doing what he's doing. He's had a tough August. Again, uh, this game's not easy. It's humbling. And uh, for whatever reason, he's had some struggles. So um, we know that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll pick it up. He's a good hitter. Uh, he's a good player. And his time will come. So, I mean, he's put together an impressive resume here recently with, um, you know, the AAA National Championship MVP last year, the All-Star Game MVP honors this year and then the postseason uh, all-star team so you know he continues to collect those awards and, and build a tremendous resume speaking of building resumes tell me what's impressed you most about two relievers colin poche and ian jabot yeah let's start with uh with colin i mean uh it's that uh, invisible fastball that he keeps throwing you know he's uh he's done it in a multi-inning role uh, he's done it against lefties, he's done it against righties, he's done it against the uh, top of the order, bottom of the order. But uh, he's out of the curveball, so he's got the curveball slider now. But uh, it's the fastball that's really, really impressive. And uh, the strikeout numbers are off the charts. Um, and he's put together a, a really, really good season, not only for us, but uh, at a couple different levels. And, and also coming to a new organization. It's not easy to switch organizations middle, middle or beginning of the season. Uh, you tend to come in and try and do too much. So he... Uh, He's uh, he's had a fantastic season, and uh, Ian Jabot, I think number one, uh, he's he's been healthy. He's finished, uh, I think it's 34 games for us this year. Um, you know, he's been in the multi-inning role back to back, really trying to groove him as a reliever, and he's put together a fantastic season with you know good swing and miss, uh, the changeup slider in that in that 86 to 91 range, and the fastball upper 90s, and he's been able to sustain that, that velocity and, and pitch very very well for us. Jared, congratulations on a terrific regular season. We wish you best of luck in the playoffs, and we certainly appreciate some time on this week in race baseball. You got it. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. That is Durham manager Jared Sandberg. Before we continue, let's pause for station identification. This is the Race Baseball Network. This is 620 WDAE St. Petersburg. It is gone! WPTP HD3 Clearwater and 95.3 FM. Home of the Rays. As we continue on the minor league side, let's now head to Double A Montgomery, which is in the playoffs for the fourth straight year. And joining me there, Biscuits manager Brady Williams. Brady, congratulations to you as well. Yeah, I appreciate it, Neil, and thanks for having me on. Uh, like you said, it's been this whole season for the, for the whole organization has been pretty special um, to have almost every team in the playoffs. Just speaks volumes of scouting and player development, you know. So um, yeah, excited to get back to the playoffs and it's a fun season. You haven't had a ton of guys stay the whole year, but uh, Nick Solak was one of them, and he's a postseason all-star. What have you liked about Nick in his first year in the organization? Probably his his drive stands out to me. Um, his just he, he comes to the park every day, the same guy, uh, very focused, very driven, uh, wants to continue to get better in all facets of his game. Offensively, obviously his production numbers are speak for themselves. You know, he's first in the league in, in runs scored, uh, second in the league in RBIs. If he hits one more home run, it'd be 2020, which is pretty special. And him just playing second base, left field, center field, um, some versatility defensively. Just a lot of, lot of, lot of good things for him this year, and he's put together a nice season. He's not the only one, um, and some guys have really evolved as the season has gone on. Mike Brasso is a, a guy who really stands out in that regard. What have you liked about Mike? I know he's a, an unheralded, undrafted free agent. Yeah, he's just a, he's he's right in the mix with Solak as far as driven. Um, these guys are. Baseball, baseball rats. They love the game of baseball. They love talking baseball, they, and they're driven to be really good players. They work hard, and Mike is one of those guys. I mean, from day one, 
he's been working on his approach uh, in the batter's box with, with Nelly, Jamie Nelson, our hitting coach. And throughout the course of the season, uh, he struggled early with, with getting hit, but he was hitting a lot of balls hard. And then finally, probably about midway through the season, those, those hard hits started turning to doubles and home runs and driving guys in. And he raised his average, I want to say, 50 points. He's up to 260 with close to 60 RBIs and like 13 home runs. So good to see him, undrafted free agent, to get to double A and produce like he's doing. And he's, he's pretty much our team leader. So awesome kid, fun to be around, and, and hopefully he continues to grow. And as this season has gone on, you've added some prospects. I know Jesus Sanchez and, and Lucius Fox came up the last month. I know there's been a bit of an adjustment period. What have you seen from each? Yeah, I think the you know this level is obviously – difference than a ball and you get more off seed pitches here in fastball counts and jesus sanchez uh who's produced up to this point starting to see a lot of off seed pitches and he's had some struggles uh more recently has been better uh, laying off some pitches uh, out of the zone and getting into better hitters counts which is good for i mean it's good for any play you don't necessarily want to see a, a player struggle but for him to struggle and maybe make some adjustments this winter to come back and understand what the level's like and what he needs to, to do to improve uh, i think it's a good thing for him and then obviously Lucius Fox coming up, uh, shortstop. You see the ability. He's played a nice shortstop uh, offensively. Maybe not what he can do, but he's but he's had good at bats. I mean, he's not he's not overmatched by any by any means. He's a really good kid, a hard worker, and I see the speed on the bases, which is which is another plus for him. But I think for both these guys, and we've done in the past, they come up the last month to, to see what the level's like, so that this winter they can go home and make 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 the proper adjustments to come back next season and be ready to go. Speaking of guys who've made adjustments, Brock Burke, um, you could argue he's been the best pitcher in the race system this year. He he joined you in the second half of the year, and it looks like he just continues to dominate both levels, that and high A. Yeah, it's been remarkable what he's done here. You know, you, you hear things from, from other coaches, and you hear things from the system, uh, and then you don't, you don't, you want to see this kid for yourself and, and see what, what he can do. And, and sometimes kids are at a level that uh, they don't want to be at, and Maybe they don't. Maybe they're not locked in. I just feel like when when Brock got here, from day one, he's been locked in, and he's he he wants to go out there and and throw seven shutout innings um, instead of going out there and just pitching. So it's been fun to watch. He's been our horse since, since he's gotten here. I'm not sure, quite sure about the pitching in, in the organization, but I have heard that he's possibility our best pitcher uh, in the minor leagues this year, which is a testament to him and his hard work and what he's put in to, to get to this point. And then you've had some guys in your bullpen who've been used, you know, in that multi-inning type environment or maybe sometimes at the back end. Curtis Taylor, I know, is one of those kids going to the fall league. Yeah, really good arm. Big kid, big, strong kid. Kind of took it easy with him early on. Still to this point a little bit. Um, when he pitches, he usually gets a few days off just to keep his innings down and make sure that he's well-rested. But he's rebounded nice and had maybe a little hiccup in the middle part of the season where he wasn't feeling quite as crisp, but... You know, he's 98, 97, pretty good slider, which needs to improve, and that's probably why he's going to the fall league, to work on his off-speed, getting it under the zone for a better for another strikeout pitch. But a lot, of growth, a lot of growth from him. I can see him possibly knocking on the door in the next year or two. He came over in a trade for Brad Boxberger. I forgot to also mention Matt Crook, who came over in the Longoria deal. I know he hasn't hit quite the numbers, but is also headed to the fall league, left-handed power kid. Yeah, he's interesting left-handed pitcher because he doesn't he – doesn't, overpower you with, with his velo, but he has so much movement on his fastball that you see the most frequent swings and misses from him. Like Almost, we're like, how, how is he swinging and missing at that? He just got wipeout stuff. His issue is just throwing the ball over the plate. 
when he does that, he's unhittable. He gets in trouble when he when he misses his own. Guys get on base, and then he gets beat uh, with guys on base. It sounds like you've got some talented kids this year, Brady. Congrats again on making the playoffs. Good luck in the postseason, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Neil, and uh, best luck to you guys, too. And that's Montgomery's Brady Williams. We'll continue right after this on the Race Baseball Network for our latest feature on 20-year employees in this 20th anniversary season. I'm Larry McCabe. I'm Senior Director of Broadcasting for the Tampa Bay Rays and Executive Producer of Rays Radio and the Rays Radio Network. I started in 1997. It was a year before the uh, inaugural season. You know, you had to uh, uh, have kind of an adventurous spirit uh, coming to work here because you were really starting something from the ground up. And I can remember the first day I, I came in, I knew I was in for something a little bit strange when I looked over and I saw one of my coworkers had set up his office in what was then the Thunderdome's um, security detention cell. You know, that was the area where, as you probably recall, the Thunderdome, we did a lot of events and concerts and the like. And if uh, any of the uh, uh, event goers uh, misbehaved, they wound up in detention before they went off uh, elsewhere. So we were so, so short on room, uh, one of my co-workers actually set up in that area, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not sure this is what I bargained for, but it, uh, in retrospect, turned out just fine. What's been the best part about working for the Rays all these years? This may sound a little trite, but, but honestly, it's true, and, and I have to say it's the people that I work with because uh, we're really, really blessed with some awfully wonderful people here in the front office and throughout this organization. In 20 plus years, what are you proudest of personally in terms of accomplishments? I take uh, a lot of pride and satisfaction in the growth of our broadcasting department. You know, I think we have have put together a, a pretty good core of, of, of folks in our department, and I think we turn out an awfully good product, and I'm, I'm really happy to say that wherever I go, uh, when we talk about our radio product, it's usually met with uh, a lot of compliments, and it's considered by many to be both pre-game, post-game, in-game, plus our, our, our partners that do television as well. All of what we do is, is considered to be some of the best throughout Major League Baseball. I'm sure in 20-plus years you have some funny or embarrassing stories. What's one that sticks out, that stands out, that you're always going to remember? You know, I, I guess I would have to recall an incident in the early days where several of our uh, players at the time were having a spirited argument in the outfield batting practice about a, a, a very complex subject that was whether the uh, team offices were made out of plastic or made out of glass. And they finally decided to settle it by taking a baseball and throwing it at one of the windows to see what would happen. Unfortunately, the window they selected faced the field and was my office. I mean, there was shards of glass flying everywhere. Not very funny at the time, I must say, but looking back at it, I, I'm sure, you know, I, I kind of can find the humor in it. Congrats to Larry McCabe on his sense of humor and 20-plus years with the Rays and many more successful years to come. Let's move back to the minor league side. Spoke yesterday with manager Ronaldo Ruiz of the Charlotte Stonecrabs. And, Ronaldo, we began with two guys promoted to you recently in Vidal Brujan and Carl Chester. Yeah, um, those two kids since they got here, they've been, you know, they've been doing a really good job. They've been uh, uh, giving us all that uh, energy and, and you know all the the spark that we needed. Ruhan definitely is doing a really good job getting on base, uh, stealing bases, uh, scoring runs, putting a lot of pressure on the pitchers when when he gets on on base. Also, and also got four home runs, twelve RBI, so he's doing a really really good job. And 
Manchester since he got he has been hitting starting the lineup and he's doing a really good job seeing a lot of pitches giving us good at bats and getting on base as well and also had two home runs ARBIs and, and playing really good left field. He's kind of giving you a really good outfield I guess when all are healthy. Jake Fraley uh, it looks like his numbers have been phenomenal it's just a question for him is staying on the field. Yeah this year you know he came to us uh, uh, late he was a uh, um, on a DL, since he got back, he's you know he's been playing really well and swinging the bat really good. He's playing all three positions in the outfield, and he's been swinging the bat really good. He had played 64 games, 218 uh, bats so far, and, and swinging the bat really good. He's hitting 344. The, the key for him just to you know need to keep him on the field. He's, he's a talented player with uh, a lot of abilities. He can play really good center field. Just you know, matter of time, and hopefully we can keep it on the field from now on. Josh Lowe is a guy who had a short stint on the DL. I know you've had him two years in a row. Um, what kind of year has this been for him? It has some ups and downs. You know, he started really good. He got off a, a really good start, then he got hurt, then he took a little bit long to uh, get back to uh, his normal swing and normal way to play the game. And then uh, once he starts swinging about better and playing better, he got hurt again. So, yeah, it's been a, a, a very tough season for him, cause, uh, especially because of injuries. But uh, you can see the development on the kid. He's doing a, a much better job in the outfield and, and the at-bats when he's when he's good, when he's right, he, he looks really good. Of the kids who uh, have stayed with you all year, Tristan Gray has put up as many extra base hits as anyone in the Florida State League, um, and he's gotten to play some shortstop recently, too. Yeah, he's been playing shortstop um, uh, at the beginning of the season because of uh, uh, we have Lucius Fox, got the... Uh, uh, Palacios, uh, uh, it was tough to get him in, in shortstop, but uh, it's a kid that can play shortstop very well. He has played third base, second base, and third in, in shortstop, and definitely had the the, the, the power to be a, a corner player. But um, yeah, he's been playing a really good shortstop. It's uh, you know he hasn't played much there. Hopefully, we can find a way to get him play more shortstop because uh, I think he got the, the hands and, and, and the ability to play shortstop. And also, he's been swinging about really good. I mean, even though the batting average is not that good, he, he has a lot of uh, a lot of extra base. he got 37 doubles, 13 home runs, two triples. So, yeah, and, and also 68 RBI. So, he's, he's pretty pretty good season for him. You've had a couple of other guys who've been kind of on and off the DL. Rene Pinto, I've heard a lot of good things when he's been on the field behind the plate for you. Yeah, he's, he has done a really good job. Since he got back from our DL, he, he was very good, not not only offensively, uh, defensively. One of the things that we wanted to work a lot this year was on his defense, and he got much better. He, he was named a, a defensive player of the Florida State League. His throwing is pretty good. He got a really, really good arm, and also he's swinging by really good. And like I said, he's, uh, he keeps playing, you know what I mean? Like, he needs to be on the field. He, he stays healthy. He can do a lot of stuff. Speaking of which, uh, Brendan McKay, I know he came to you after being in Bowling Green and dominating. It, it seems like when the oblique wasn't bothering him, he played really well at the plate and on the mound, yes? Yeah, definitely. I think he was, when he got here from Bowling Green, he, he pitched really good. The first outing was outstanding, and he was getting used to uh, the league offensively, too. Once, you know, he starts thinking about better, playing more often. Yeah, the oblique started bothering him, and every team started to, you know, he, I think he, he wanted to play through it, but it, it was tough because those, as 
you know, he's a two-way player, and it's not easy, especially when you have uh, problems with the oblique. Want to touch on a couple of pitchers? You guys have got them all from Bowling Green at some point this season. Phoenix Sanders is going to the uh, Fall League. What have you liked about him? He's aggressive. He's aggressive on the mound. He, he he's fearless. He, he he doesn't care who's uh, who's hitting who's. You know, at the play, he goes after hitters. He gets hitters out. He, he doesn't have that, you know, power uh, fastball, but uh, he gets to 93, and he locates pitches really well and also got a, a really good curveball. I think uh, a curveball and a slider. He can command those two, those three pitches. He has done a really good job here with us. And two other guys who also have come from Bowling Green, uh, Josh Fleming and Riley O'Brien, two uh, pitchers. Fleming, the first couple outing, he was getting used to the league. He had a couple not so good outings, and then after that, he, he started figuring things out and, and started pitching really good, and, and he's been helping us in the rotation. He's got a good record, 3-3, three 4-11 three, ERA, and 50 innings, and he's have done a really, really good job. And, and O'Brien, same thing. He, you know, at the beginning, he was a little struggle with, uh, with a couple outings. After that, he took off and started pitching much better, even though he uh, got hurt a little bit, and, and uh, then he came back and started pitching really good. Congrats on a very good year, Ronaldo. We appreciate some time and uh, hopefully more success going forward. Thanks, Neil. Thank you very much for having me. And that's Ronaldo Ruiz of the Charlotte Stonecrabs. Now to our last of our full-season clubs, which can still win 90 games. Manager of the Bowling Green Hot Rods, Manager of the Year in the Midwest League, Craig Albernaz. Albie, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Neil. It's been a fun, very fortunate to be uh, be around these guys. Well, and, and for the entire system, but let's look at your club, and you guys have obviously had some uh, terrific individual performance as well as teams. Let's begin with Ronaldo Hernandez, since, I mean, here's a guy who's going to lead the league in home runs as a catcher, which is very, very rare. Especially the premium position behind the play and the ridges of a, his first long season. You know, he had a huge June. Um, he had a little lull. In July, which is good for him. You know, I was uh, had an interview about a week ago talking about Ronaldo, and I feel like his down July was better for his development for June. Um, the handle was struggled, the ups and downs, and he was invested with the pitching staff the whole season. And that was great to see, that maturation process of taking the reins behind the plate, of being a championship caliber, big league catcher, of calling the game, Talking with the pitchers in between starts, in between innings, uh, it was great to see. And then obviously, with him banging out 20 home runs at, at this point, I mean, he's been a force in the middle of the lineup and throughout this league. He, he hits, uh, hits the ball really hot, so it's been fun to watch. And he's not the only force in your lineup, too. A, a young outfielder named uh, Moises Gomez has also put up tremendous numbers, and he's continued to improve, it looks like. Yeah, he's only getting stronger. He's a big kid, like we talked about before. Coming into the season, he wasn't as a heralded prospect as Ronaldo, but Gomi really put himself on the map. Uh, with his work ethic and just the joy he brings to the game, the kid's always smiling, never has a bad day, uh, loves to play the game. Uh, a kid like that with his tool set and how hard he impacts the ball to all fields, definitely easy to root for. But yeah, he's made some great adjustments throughout the season, and, and like I alluded to earlier, just especially driving the ball the other way, hitting doubles and triples and home runs to right center field. Uh, his power has been on full display. I believe right now he's leading the league by 10 in extra base hits. He has 18 home runs at this point, and he has over 80 RBIs, a little over 280. So it's been it's been fun to watch him go about his business. Certainly special for a first full year at the full season level. And you've got some kids who, again, are younger, like Moises and Ronaldo, but also Taylor Walls, a, a Florida State kid, who in his first full year has kind of led you guys at the top of the order all year. Yeah, he's been a he's been a staple at top of the order, hitting the first three spots. He's been a great 
team guy, great leader on the field. Uh, he has not slowed down all year. Since April until now, I mean, he's been, his foot's been on the gas. Something to prove, um, especially going out there and playing shortstop every day. He actually got voted best defensive uh, shortstop by Baseball America in our league. And there's a ton of, ton of heralded prospects in this league. And it's good to see him get rewarded for that, for his hard work. I mean, offensively, he can impact the ball himself. You know, he's been given great at-bats, 30 stolen bases, uh, close to 90 runs scored. Uh, he's been doing it on both sides of the ball. And just like all these guys, I mean, the way he goes about his business day in and day out, his work ethic, how much he loves to play the game and compete, it's just it's just tough not to root for this kid, and he's going to have a bright future. The kids we touched on were probably more known going into the year, but Jim Haley, because of promotions, has gotten an opportunity, and it looks like he's really run with it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, that's definitely an understatement. He put himself back on the map. Uh, when he first got drafted, he had a really good year. He hit right at 300 for Hudson Valley. And then with you know all our infield prospects and getting guys in trades the past couple of years, he's kind of been put in the back burner. Um, you know, he started the year off the roster for us for the first month, and then we have some moves like McKay going up. You know, early in the year, so he's getting reps at first. Um, he started to hit the ball well, and then Chester, our center fielder, moving up to Stone Crabs to give him an opportunity to show his versatility. I mean, he's a really good athlete. Are you, out of high school, he was supposed to. He had an offer to go play football and baseball at Villanova. Play strong safety, so this kid is athletic. He's a four-one runner down the line. I mean, he's been impacting the ball. He's hitting right at full on the three twenty, I believe, right now with seven home runs and not as many as bats as everybody else. So it's been fun to see a guy like that just do little things. Being a great teammate when he wasn't playing, he paid attention to the game, loves to help others. And to see a guy like that take advantage of an opportunity of playing time and running with it, it's been fun. Albie, you don't win as many games as you did without really good pitching. You've had a couple of young kids stay there all year. Very few, but a couple. Tobias Myers and Resley Linares, how have they grown up this year? Oh, it's been fun to watch these guys grow up. Uh, I feel like I've been saying that a lot, but with this team, we just have very fortunate to have a group, uh, group of guys we have. Tobias. You know, he started off the year slow. Um, he, had, he had some downs, figuring some stuff out, uh, cleaning up some delivery issues, and he's done that. Um, he's worked his butt off with our pitching coach, Brian Reese, and also when Dewey Robson comes in town, our pitching coordinator. <clears throat> and he's, he put a string of thoughts together that was probably one of the best that we've seen in a while. Far on to seven innings, um, he's been pounding the zone. Breaking ball's been there. Fastball velocity's been up. Good carry through the zone. Norris, uh, yeah, he's been great. Uh, he had a little shoulder issue, um, shoulder fatigue, and now he came back, and he's hitting full stride right now. His breaking ball, this is, this is the best I've seen his breaking ball the past two years, just the feel for it. Backdooring it, putting it away, getting over for strike, and it's making his fastball that, that more electric. And one guy who's new to the organization who you've gotten to know, Tommy Romero, came over in the Denard Span, Alex Colomay deal. How impressive has he been? Nah, he's been great. You know, when we first got him, he was uh, – you know, the league leader in ERA, so we knew what we were getting. And he's just, and he has not let off um, the throttle at all. Really good guy, good, uh, works his butt off, good clubhouse guy. Uh, but on the mound, he's a competitor. Loves to go out there and compete, loves, wants the ball, hates when I take the ball out of his hand. When the outing's over, he wants to keep on pitching. But again, he's another guy with, with some good carries through the zone um, and a good slider. Pounds the zone. Um, it's, it's, it's not as easy at that with this guy. Keeps throwing strikes, and he's relentless. Every outing, it doesn't matter if he has his best stuff or not. He's going to go out there and compete and give you his best. Albie, good stuff. We wish you a lot of best, a lot of luck in the postseason. And, and uh, I know you've had success here before, so hopefully uh, this year too in Bowling Green. Yeah, that'll be great, Neil. It's always great talking to you, my friend.
And that is Bowling Green manager Craig Albernaz. Congrats to him and all the Rays minor league affiliates on a terrific regular season. Again, best in baseball. Back to the major league side. The Rays started this week playing on TBS, and I spoke with analyst Ron Darling, who 25 years ago was on a Tony La Russa team that for a week tried the opener strategy and asked him what he recalled. Tony was ahead of his time in many things. Um, if I were completely honest, um, we thought it was a disaster from the start. Um, the relievers didn't buy into it because they didn't want to have to figure out how to start a game. The starters didn't buy into it because they didn't know how to really relieve. You know, it only lasted a week. But when you think about it, um, because we were such a poor team in 1993, he was just trying to do something to shake it up. You know, it didn't work for us, but it's obvious in watching Tampa Bay and how they've done it this year. Um, I think a little more intelligently than we did it in 1993. It's something that for teams who don't have a full roster of starters, it can be very effective. And a lot of it was done in part this year because of the injuries. And at some point, you look at the top seven starting pitchers the Rays had, all of them at some point were on the DL, which kind of necessitated doing something different. It necessitated it, but, um, you know, I think going into a season and maybe – I think for the Rays, they don't have the, the depth of maybe some other organizations, although they have unbelievable quality. You know, your ace was probably Chris Archer before, um, not before he was traded, but coming into the season. Um, Blake Snell has certainly turned into that ace. But for most teams, I think you have to go into a season with eight to ten starters as a depth. And, and since um, four-year depth, and since Tampa Bay didn't have that, um, they did something different. And I, and I applaud them for it because uh, – if you look at their numbers since they started the openers, they've, uh, they've done something historic. And some of these guys, for instance, if they stayed with what they had and didn't have the injuries, they might have ended up in AAA, whereas now they're pitching in a role where, I guess Earl Weaver did a lot of this, where his sixth starter used to be a spot starter, he used to pitch long, and then they'd move him into a starting role the next year. I, I think what they've done is, is something that most teams would like to do with some of their less talented starters, and that is two times through the order. They don't face the order the third time. Um, it also, if you do it right, you allow your next pitcher, Yarborough has done an amazing job this year at it, uh, maybe to pitch down in the order or pitch against a, a part of the order that is not so highly leveraged for him to kind of get his feet wet. I think, you know, Kevin Cash and the organization has done, I think, an amazing job at timing how they do this. Um, and they should be applauded. And some of this, too, is the opponents. I mean, you look at this division, you have the Red Sox, you have the Yankees, you have the best lineups in baseball, too. And why put a young pitcher through that, allow them to gain confidence as they grow? Well, yeah, and it's, it's not only that. I think what you're trying to do against the really talented Red Sox and Yankees is that you're trying to make sure that J.D. Martinez or Giancarlo Stanton or any of the other talented hitters are, are seeing a different look every single time. And I, and I think that's a really smart way to stay competitive. Now, Tampa Bay, I'm, I'm sure they admit, at some point they're going to have to make the big leap because they've had an amazing year. And at some point, with the talent of the Yankees and Red Sox, you're going to have to get yourself 20-plus games over 500. And, and maybe, uh, maybe uh, at some point, you know, I think using an opener or a bullpen game is a really cool thing, and I think it can work in a shorter run 
But at some point, every team would like to have um, three or four guys that are studs. And I think Eric Neander said that, too. He said if we had Houston's rotation, we'd run out Houston's rotation. But, you know, and, and they had Brent Honeywell, who yeah. went down for the year, Anthony Bonda, who went down for yeah. the year. And I think maybe the thought process is as those kids work their way back, maybe those guys will eventually get inserted into the rotation. You'll be back to a four-man, per, perhaps, or even a five-man at some point. You know, what's ironic is, is that from people looking from the outside in, like myself, who don't get to see the Rays every day, is that you always think about how great they develop young starting pitching. And I'm sure they'll continue to do that. You know, so at, at some point when they have that kind of Houston-type organization, maybe the opener will play less a role. But, you know, I, I, I applaud them again for just trying to maximize how to make their team uh, the best. And, and, and I applaud them for the players for buying in. You know, when we did it in 1993 with the A's, old school thinking was still around and I think that these players and certainly organizations today are more open-minded to doing stuff. I mean the, the bottom line is you always are trying to put your players in the best position to succeed and I think that's what the Rays have done. And when you talk about buying in I think it's easier when you have a team that's had 20 rookies play during the course of the season because their goal is to stick in the big leagues and if this allows them to stick at least now, obviously, it works for them. Well, you know, the, the, the way the compensation is for, for the minor leagues and major leagues, you do whatever it takes to try to stay here as, as long as you can. And, and I think what has happened, um, which is unlike most organizations, the roster manipulation of pitching a guy and then sending him down and replacing him with another guy is what most teams are doing. But with the Rays, they've kind of been able to hold on to some of these guys because they're pitching in limited use. And um, I think that blends great team chemistry, you know, where you don't have a guy going up five, six, seven times during the year because he has options, so he feels like a big leaguer um, all year long. And obviously now the question is, as you see it, you got the Yankees and the Red Sox yeah. in this division. The hard part is catching up to them because, look, they still do have all the resources, and you've got to do something a little different to catch up. Well, I, I, I think, you know, the Rays have probably, of any organization in baseball, I think they do more with less. Uh, than any organization in the last, I think, dozen years, you know, since, uh, you know, well, 10 years since uh, 2008, you know, when I did a, a Game 7 here. So you're right. I, I think at some point, you know, they're going to have to figure out not only how to be different, but at the same time um, be able to compete because it doesn't look like the Red Sox and the, and the Yankees are going anywhere because of their ability to use whatever resources, you know, money-wise they're able to do. That being said, you know, you have, a, you have a chance of having a new stadium here. You have a chance of maybe uh, adding to your fan base. And, uh, and all those things, I think, are, could make Tampa Bay really special. And that is Ron Darling of MLB Network and TBS. And thanks to him and all our guests on our show today. Outfielder Carlos Gomez, Larry McCabe, Senior Director of Broadcasting, as well as Minor League Managers Jared Sandberg, Brady Williams, Ronaldo Ruiz, and Craig Albernaz. Hey, the race start Hispanic Heritage Month with the celebration of MLB great Roberto Clemente when they host the A's Saturday, September 15th. You can get a press-level ticket and join the Latin-themed festivities for just $21 at racebaseball.com slash Clemente and raise up. If you ever have something you want to hear on the show, all you have to do is tweet me, at Neil Solons, for my producer, Jason Barringer. I'm Neil Solons. Stay tuned. The pregame show is next on the Race Baseball Network.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.